Hi there, water polo fans, and welcome to another episode of the Total Water Polo Podcast. Today, we are joined by one of Europe's informed players, and we are excited to talk to Russian international and Spandau Berlin's number 10, Dmitry Kolod. We've been really looking forward to this one, so let's take a listen to what's coming up next. Ferenc Varosh here. Of course, they, they were two, three guys missing from them, but you know, this, this cannot be cannot be an excuse uh, in Champions League uh, in you know in modern sports they are they are a top top team uh, on the papers they are much much better than us probably we are we are one of, not probably we are the, the, on the paper we are the one of the uh, weakest team here in Champions League with the lowest lowest budget on the paper but it's not only about the paper frankly saying we are half half professional team and for us you know we're not making excuses. We're just trying, you know, to go as hard as possible and to fight every every game. Uh, as I said, we're not thinking about, you know, before the game. Now we go, we go to Dubrovnik and we will win. We go and we will fight. And at the end of the game, we will see what what, what is the result. But we will give everything in we have in every game. Before we get into this episode, though, just a reminder that you can still redeem a ten percent discount at Werewolter Polo simply because you listen to this podcast. Head over to werewolterpolo.com, head to the checkout and enter discount code PODCAST10 for 10% off your next order. And we would just like to thank you once more for your continued support for our site and specifically this podcast. Uh, We are really proud to be growing and if you can help us do that by sharing, rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you're listening, we would absolutely love that. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed this episode with the goal machine that is Dmitry Kolod. Hello, Dmitry Kolod. Welcome to the Total Water Polo podcast. How are you? Hi, James. I'm, I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? Yes, I, I, I'm well, thanks. Thank you very much for joining us. I know it's been a busy week and you've, uh, You've been away in Brescia, and maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's get straight into the talk. It's gone a bit of a journey back in time. Can you tell us about your uh, your water polo journey from when you were uh, a youngster all the way through to to maybe now? Yes, of course. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's my my pleasure to be here. Um, it, everything started for me in water polo when I was ten years old um, in uh, in Belarus. So this year two thousand two. Uh, I started to play water polo. One year before, I, I came to uh, to swimming pool, uh, wanted to learn swimming, and that's it. This was the plan. Then I wanted to try football or, or some other sport. But uh, in one year, a uh, coach of water polo, Yachin Tayer from, from Brest, from Belarus, came to my father and asked him if he wants me to try uh, water polo. <clears throat> and of course, in, uh, in Belarus, uh, Water polo is not uh, one of the most famous sports, so obviously my father didn't know <clears throat> what is, what kind of sport is that. And he said, uh, if he wants, he can try. I didn't know what to answer. Okay, okay I'll try. So I tried and I'm still here after 20 years. <laughs> so uh, everything started in Belarus. Uh, then in 2007, uh, I moved to... Uh, to Moscow region, to team uh, called Sturm 2002, and I was there for five, six years. After the, there appeared some money, financial problems, and uh, 
Uh, I had to to move to Dinamo to Moscow for three more years. Uh, then I decided uh, uh, I need to to try something something uh, different to change probably the country to play somewhere outside uh, outside Russia. And uh, me at the time I already had wife and the kid. We moved for one year to uh, south of France. Uh, team called uh, Exxon Provence. Uh, then in, in one year, uh, some some project, let's say, uh, in in Dinamo, uh, they found some, some money, some budget, uh, wanted to play Champions League. Uh, they brought three very good uh, foreigners uh, to the team and uh, they called me back. Also, they got, they signed uh, like six, seven national Russian national team players. So was a, was a good project uh, and looked looked night uh, nice for us. Uh, so we decided to come back after one year. And uh, two years uh, we played there. This is my first uh, Champions League experience started started from from this project. Uh, so after two years, again, this financial financial problem started. And uh, they they told us that we are free to go, even that we had uh, uh, one more years uh, one more year of contract with Dynamo. And uh, I wanted to stay uh, on this level to play Champions League. This is the best, uh, strongest competition in uh, in Europe. So I wanted to to stay on this level. And uh, I started uh, looking for a team that. Uh, participate uh, in Champions League and uh, Spandau was uh, was the one so I'm here for this my fourth season here yeah quite quite a journey um let's go back a little bit you spoke about a few of the clubs that you played for in in Russia um what's the experience like uh because lots of us maybe maybe aren't aware of of what the club situation is in Russia how similar would you say it is to when you were in France or now in in Berlin this is what you said uh, that you're not uh, really aware of the situation, uh, how how it works there. This was uh, the reason why I wanted to to leave from Russia. To you know, nobody really follows the champion uh, championship, or you know, nobody uh, follows us. Uh, and uh, at that time, even national team was uh, not even top eight team in Europe, so nobody had interest in following this this league. That's why I wanted to leave, and. Uh, uh the league uh, the league was um, qu- quite different not not like here if if i compare with france or with germany uh despite the country is the biggest one in the world the league is is pretty small it's this year it's just eight 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 clubs participating and sometimes it's plus minus one two teams like um uh, national team of kazakhstan or uh, national team of belarus sometimes participate in championship but still, it's like from eight to 10, 10 clubs. This is really small, small league. Uh, even here in Germany, in uh, semi, let's say uh, amateur amateur league, we have eight uh, eight teams, and there is a second league. Uh, there in Russia, there is no no second division division league. So this uh, a bit a bit strange, and uh, the format of of the league uh, also quite uh, you know unusual for Europeans because they play let's say back-to-back ga- uh, games uh, 
Friday, Saturday or su- Saturday, Sunday, you travel, let's say from West Dynamo, from Moscow, you travel to Kazan and you play two, two games in, in two days, uh, which is, you know, which is un- understandable because uh, they need to play something. If you play just one game, it will be like 14, 14 game matches uh, championship and uh, teams are not participating in, in Europe. Uh, so they need to play something. But uh, from my experience, when I, when I was there, uh, you were coming, let's say Friday, you're, you're playing, you're, you're coming one day before, uh, you play uh, Friday and uh, sometimes uh, you play Friday night and you need to play Saturday in the morning because you have uh, you have a flight, I don't know, three, four o'clock. So the second, second match is all, always, uh, you know, you are not uh, totally recovered. Not, not totally, not not recovered at all. You know, uh, you are thinking about you know this uh, airplane in two hours, not to get uh, to get late to airport. So, for, on paper, it looks better than than it is uh, in in the reality. You know, at least you play twenty eight eight games uh, in this pre- preliminary season, but the quality of the second second match uh, is very different with the first one. So, for spectators. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of them on tribunes, but still, you know, the quality is not so good. And uh, when you are when you are not recovered, it drops even even lower. You know, has it has it always been that way? Um, obviously, Russia and the Soviet Union. You know, there's there's quite a big and quite a rich history of of water polo Olympic medals dating back fifty years or, or so. Has the club system always been? as poor as it is now or the, you know financially or you know just just the setup has it always been like this or has it slowly got worse over time or is there any sign that it is going to get better since i came uh was 2007 um uh, if i see if i look back now it's, it was like this every year it was smaller smaller money you know and the level was was getting lower and lower every year because uh, when I came, uh, Spartak from Volgograd, Sintas Kazan, Storm 2002, Dino Moscow, three, three, three of these teams, uh, they played Champions League group stage. Uh, Dino was uh, at the time uh, the fourth, fourth in the country, they played the trophy by that time. And uh, the league was uh, was very strong. Uh, uh, in, in Storm, we had uh, three foreigners, uh, very good foreigners. In in Kazan also Spartak never never had, but they had very strong Russian players, and uh, the league was uh, was totally different. Uh, but now year year after year it, it gets uh, lower and lower. You know, uh, in uh, in financial also you know. Yeah. So I think before uh, before the system of uh, uh, format, let's say, of championship was was uh, once. Uh, this uh, from 2014 they changed it and we played like uh, tournaments this was was even worse than now uh, was you train in w- one month you wait for this tournament you you're coming to once it did 10 teams you play five six matches in a row five six days and then you train again one month waiting for for another tournament so this was totally crazy and uh, I don't know what was the reason but at least now, better than than this format obviously you you mentioned it there that a few of the teams in russia um 
have quite a good history in terms of European participation and that's something I want to talk about now and obviously as as you've seen when I've sent you the the messages about this chat I don't really want to talk too much about politics of of what's going on at the moment all of that said um how are things affecting the clubs there being banned from from playing in European competition and we'll talk about the national team as well in a minute but having gone from three or four teams that can play in the Champions League in the Euro Cup or, or whatever it's called um, to now not being able to, it's not going to attract the, the foreigners that it once did and the Russian players that were there like yourself and it's, it's, not, a, uh, it's not a criticism but you guys want to play at the highest level, you're going to go abroad and, and find other opportunities so it's pretty damaging right for the clubs but also for the athletes. Yeah, so it's uh... There is some some damage, you know. But if you if you look back to uh, 2019, the 18-19 season, this was the, the last season of uh, of Dynamo, Dynamo Moscow when we played Champions League. Uh, after this after this year, uh, ne- next season only Sintas uh, Kazan. Uh, I don't remember if they get uh, if they got wild card or they qualified to Champions League. Uh, so this was only one team that. Uh, participated in European competitions uh, last, let's say, three four years, and uh, even back then, you know, they didn't make some, they didn't make some, some, let's say, noise in Europe. So, I I wouldn't say that the clubs, clubs uh, are really damaged by by this situation. Uh, here, in in this situation, national team is damaged much more. Because it's the only one, the only one uh, opportunity for, for for the players, you know, to to see the the, the reality of water polo. Because you are not playing with the, with the club. Normally, they play some qualification uh, around, but unfortunately, the all these teams are out of first, second round. So you play three, four matches, and then you know you're waiting for this European experience until next next year. So the national team was the, the only the only and last opportunity to to see the real, reality of water polo to see your level where you are at the moment. And now there is no uh, there is no this opportunity anymore, uh, and uh, this is this is a big damage damage to to the players. Yeah, and let's talk about the national team. During COVID, there was kind of a, a period where teams and players could train. Uh, but they didn't know when the competition would be. Um, they didn't know whether it'd be in six months, in a year or two years. It was kind of the same with the Tokyo Olympics for a short time. I guess Russian uh, athletes, men and women, are sort of in that situation at the moment. I know the national teams uh, are training. Uh, for example, I know the women are currently in Greece uh, and, they, and they are doing some training. But obviously they have no indication when they will be able to compete again. You obviously will be in contact with a lot of your ex-teammates and friends in Russia. What kind of training are they doing at the moment? How are they staying motivated? And, and what's the situation and state of play there? Oh, yeah, the situation is very difficult for, uh, for them. Yes, it's a uh, uh, women team is very fortunate that they are now uh, can go to Greece to to train with uh, with a strong team, you know. But uh, for, for from the from our side, uh, as far as I know, the, there was some uh, training camps uh, during the Christmas Christmas time. I mean the the, the latest one, and uh, 
also was one training camp uh, during the summer and uh, and that's it you know there is no no plan no they don't know what to expect you know when where what to do you know and I'm, the most damage I think as well is for the future generations whereas you you might have looked up and seen that there was a pathway for you to play for the national team play at the European champs world champs and maybe the Olympics it, with that with that end goal not there uh, you know the motivation has got to be really difficult for the younger athletes wouldn't you think yes this uh, this is quite quite a big uh, big problem for for young generations and even without without this uh, situation we didn't have uh, some some great results with the uh, with the uh, young national teams on some on this uh, international uh, tournaments so it's it will get even worse and uh, this is yeah, very very disappointing mm. Okay, well, let's let's talk about you more personally then, and uh, and your career, and, and maybe this season. As you've already said to us, you, you've moved around a little bit, playing for for various clubs, but you're in Berlin now. Is this now your home? Would you say are you now at home more than you you have been at any other club so far in your career? Yeah, if you consider it uh, like, like in, international experience, yes, this is four years, uh, four years in one club. Uh, it's my my second international club, and uh, as I said, uh, in France I was for a short period, less than one year, like, let's say nine months season. So yeah, here, um, my kids, uh, you know, we came here. Uh, my daughter was uh, like six 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 months, so almost her whole her life she she's here. And when I ask ask them where, where, where guys where where is your home, they <laughs> You know, they don't answer immediately, like uh, in Russia, in Moscow. They start to think, you know, what do you mean, home? <laughs> so, yeah, we have worked a long time here. Uh, and especially now, you know, with the opportunity to go to go back to Russia, even for for holidays or for some... There is no national team camps ending. So, yeah, we're whole time here, so... Yeah, I would say it's like home now. Nice, and um, obviously in the pool, uh, things have, things have gone have gone pretty well, particularly this season. And as you will have seen, and the listeners will have seen, uh, my colleague Ivan wrote a really nice uh, piece about Spandau last week. Um, the successes this season so far, uh, and it's well worth reading for people that are interested. Let's just talk about this season. You're you're achieving things that lots of people did not expect you to achieve some some great results particularly in the champions league but but before we go into that what are the targets set for spandau every season uh what, what are your targets in uh domestically and what are your targets in terms of champions league uh four years ago i came i uh, came to the team that uh was almost all the time the uh, the champion of of germany cup holders and the super cup holders and uh Two, two years, two seasons before I came, they they played in final eight uh, Champions League. So obviously the goals uh, are always here and to win everything in Germany, uh, which we couldn't do during the last three three seasons. Uh, we won uh, out of these nine domestic competitions. We won just three. It was two cups and one super cup. And uh, after this uh, this year, when they played final eight, I think. The goal was the uh, international goal was uh, to be there again to to play in final eight. Mm-hmm. And do you believe that 
you guys can do that this season? Do you think? Uh, do you, do you strongly believe that you guys can qualify for the final eight? It's not going to be easy, you know. But um, how we see things from inside, we we don't care a lot about uh, you know expectations and uh, and the goals. You know, we, as our coach says, uh, we go day by day. The most important thing is the ne- next training, next game. So we approach uh, ev- every match like you know good opportunity to fight from beginning until the end and uh, we'll see what what future can have for us mm-hmm. uh, and and you, you talk there about um you know I pick up on talking about fighting and only looking at the next game and you, your team your team's got uh, some great players and but it's it's really well balanced and it's got a really nice unity to it um as as my colleague wrote in his article you guys are the most international team in the Champions League at the moment. So many nationalities, which is always great to play with people from different backgrounds. But um, you seem to have formed a really strong uh, bond and connection with each other. How do you build something like that? Was it was it difficult? Is there a, like a language barrier or anything, or or did you all just get on kind of uh, straight away? Really? Well, for us this year it was was not really difficult. Uh, we are fortunate that we, we signed four four new players and. Uh, one new coach and every one of them you know to, to be a great personality first of all so we didn't have any any problems to adapt to each other you know just it still was uh, wasn't is difficult to to adapt to get used to new demands from the coach you know to new trainings style, style of trainings new intensity uh, but we are getting used to it uh, step by step and you know, with this, with this uh, small steps forward, you know, results are coming. Uh, of course, we are not we are not consistent yet. You, you saw the match against, uh, let's say, in Marseille, we lost with a very big score, so a very big difference. Uh, and uh, we are, you know, we trust the process, and the process uh, is long, long one, uh, difficult to change things, you know, and. Two, three months we have we have a lot of issues you know we had a lot of issues inside uh, inside the team and some problems that are getting solved day by day you know and we're getting better and uh, looking looking watching optimistic you know in uh, in the future maybe consistency has been has been a bit of a factor this season but there have been some lows like you said in marseille but there's certainly been some some highs as well and no, no one expected you to to beat Jug in Dubrovnik, and, and much less people expected you to to grab a result against Ferenc Varos at home. Couldn't uh, do this podcast without talking to you about those games and to, to play in, in games like that. They are they're results that you will remember probably for the rest of your career. Um, but what's it like to play in those games and to to fight in those games and and at the end to realize that you've 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 been in these great teams yeah it's very nice always very nice to 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 get points you know uh in champions league because i believe there is no weak teams and bad let's say bad teams bad players here in champions league so it's always good to to win and uh frankly saying you know you was very very lucky to get points uh if if you watch the game uh, here in berlin very very lucky to get out of here with the points so even their coach said this in an interview uh 
So we 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 were not surprised uh, with with the result in in Dubrovnik because uh, we were preparing very well, you know, uh, analyzing all these small details, uh, uh, and we are physically, you know, mentally trying to be as 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 best as possible prepared, and uh, with uh, with uh, with. Uh, Ferenc Varos here, of course, they, they were two, three guys missing from them. But you know, this this cannot be cannot be an excuse uh, in Champions League. Uh, in you know, in modern sports, they are they are a top top team. Uh, on the papers, they are much much better than us. Probably we are we are one, of, not probably we are the, the on the paper we are the one of the. Uh, weakest team here in Champions League with the uh, lowest lowest budget on the paper, but it's not only about the paper. And uh, we're not we're not looking for for excuses. We're not you know we have our our issues uh, as as I said you know nobody nobody cares about this. Uh, you know we are we are not let's say not hundred percent professional club uh, to be to be you know to tell the, to tell the truth. We have uh, players uh, which are which are which are coaches. You know, they have like a second second job. We have we have kids. You know, they are missing every morning session because of school. Uh, we have we have guys uh, from national team. I mean, German national team. They are soldiers in in army, and they 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 have to go almost every year for some these military camps for one and a half months. So. A lot of times, you know, we are we are training with five, six, six players. And it's not easy, not for us, not for a coach, you know, to to get ready for a for the match uh, matches uh, with uh, with some top top teams. You know, there was a case uh, before the first uh, Dubrovnik Yug uh, uh, Dubrovnik game here. Uh, national team collected the players uh, for some uh, German national team collected the players for some training camp without a reason uh, and uh, we trained with six seven players they came back from this camp just th- three days before the game so this this is you know to frankly saying we are half half professional team and for us you know we're not making excuses we're, we're just trying you know to go as hard as possible and to fight uh, every every game uh, so as i said we're not thinking about you know b- before the game now we go we go to Dubrovnik and we will win. We go and we will fight. And at the end of the game, we will see what what, what is the, the result. But we will give everything in we have in every game. I love the honesty, and um, I guess it does make achieving results against Jurgen Ferencvaros. Even if they are missing players, they've still got you know a roster of seventeen or fifteen professionals, and I guess it makes um, results like that all the sweeter. Um, just before we go into part two, where we uh, will put some questions to you from from uh, social media. What's next for Dmitry Kolod? What what does the next five years look like for you? I know that might be difficult to answer, but do, do you see yourself staying in, in Spandau, in, in Berlin for for the foreseeable future? Could you move around a little bit or, or anything like this? Oh, yeah, it's a good, a good question. Uh, it's obviously not easy to answer, you know. But yes, I, I'm not seeing myself staying for... You know, if you ask for five years, I'm not seeing myself here for five years. Uh, I go uh, as I said, day by day, you know, and uh, 
if I I'm I would like to you know to to make a next step to to get to a team of uh, of the next level if you compare us with with this team so I would like I would like yes to 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 move okay good have you got have you got a name of anywhere that you think you are a place or a league that is is there a league that you've always admired that you've thought you've always wanted to play in I uh, no there is nothing specific you know there are some good leagues like Hungarian Italian Spanish leagues uh, Serbian Serbian league uh, last years so uh, there is nothing specific you know just uh, I'm ready to do I think I'm ready to make a step forward uh, and for this as, as I told you this my my Dynamo story I, I wanted to go out of uh, comfort zone and uh, this probably like the, the story repeating you know yeah okay well we look forward to you uh taking the next step wherever that that might be we're going to take a break now and then we're going to come back in part two and put some questions to you that we received on social media Welcome back to part two of the Total Water Pilot podcast. We're here with Dimitri Kolod. And Dimitri, this is part two, uh, the part where we put questions to you that we received on social media. Uh, before we do that, a question we ask all of our guests is for them to pick their seven uh, best players, their dream team, their total seven, your your all-time great seven team. Oh, yeah, I was thinking a lot about this, this question and it's a really difficult one because... There are so many, so many great players, uh, and I would like to to go, you know, with uh, this and previous previous seasons would be uh-huh. a bit easier, you know, to choose. <clears throat> In uh, with the goalie, I would go with uh, Unai Giri. Yeah, uh, he's very young and uh, already, you know, let's say a super superstar goalie, which is uh, which is a very rare thing, you know, in uh, water polo. On the right side, I would go with uh, Zalanki and Dusan Mandic. Uh, yes, this these two would would be very difficult to stop, you know, uh, from scoring. Um, as a defender, I would choose uh, Alexander Jovic. Um And uh, left side, I would go with uh, Francesco Di Fulvio and uh, Alberto Monaris. And also. You know this top seven is difficult to pick seven players. I would, I would, I would go with some short short bench. I would put on the bench uh, uh, from these last two seasons. Uh, uh, of course, you cannot go without uh, Nikola Jakšić and uh, Janšić uh, Zilar. So this would be my top top nine players. Did you pick a centre forward? Ah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't said. Uh, I go with uh, Ben Halak. Nice, nice. If you could play with one of those players on your team, who would you have? Also a good one. Uh, I would go with the Iwich. Yeah, why? Uh, because, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's one of the most dominant players uh, last, I don't know, let's say 10 years. Uh, one of the greatest uh, defender and uh, not all, only in defense, you know, he's a uh, big, big danger in, in, uh, in offense also. And... Uh, Looks like he is a, a great leader. The perfect all-round player, I think. Yep. Um, okay, apologies for not mentioning everyone's name. 
Um, loads of people sent in this this question. You probably know it was coming. But on Instagram, it was from uh, Imi or Nemanja. Because you can't play for Russia right now, are you thinking about changing your country or representation? Well, currently, I'm not. I'm not thinking. Uh, there was some, well, some stories. You know, it's it's not a secret. Uh, uh, with a uh, with a French uh, French national team because uh, it's normal that the Olympic Games uh, is still a priority, you know, for me. And uh, there was some some let's say talks uh, uh, about changing to to the French uh, to getting French nationality, but we we couldn't uh, make an agreement and uh, currently i'm not not thinking i'm i'm good and uh, i'm uh, satisfied with uh, you know with how things are going now so i don't uh, i don't pay a lot of attention to it you know that uh, some let's say summer now it's not not only summer i mean national team uh, but if it's free summer i'm 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 okay with this okay. one thing i've really picked up from speaking to you is that you're really keen to make always look forward and make the next step whether it was from going from russia to playing in europe and then finding the next best club seeing how you can climb up the ladder and even now you're you're thinking of that do you uh do you regret that maybe changing nationality might be the best course if you wish to to play international water polo at the peak of your career well this is a good question uh but you know if i gave I gave everything uh, that I had uh, to Russian national team, to the country, you know, uh, that gave me same everything what I have now. So, if uh, and I, I never thought about changing, you know, nationality before before this this happened. You know, where we are out of every competition, and uh, but still, you know, there is some let's say fire inside. Uh, uh, Olympic Games is a priority for for every athlete. Uh, and uh, if I if I could get this opportunity with let's say with the French national team uh, or whatever you know you cannot uh, you cannot uh, you need to consider this uh, opportunity as a serious serious one. So okay. Um, speaking of national teams, Ivan asks on Instagram which national team, in your opinion, is the best in the world right now. Right now, obviously, this uh, is this, this Spain. They are world champions, and uh, but if you look back to last, let's say, ten years, this obviously Serbian national team they dominated this this decade. They won almost everything. It's two Olympic games. Uh, I don't know how many, four or five uh, European championship, uh, few world championship, and. I don't know ten world leagues, so this is unbelievable. Yeah, certainly in in my living memory, I can't remember a team that's been uh, as dominant as as the Serbs. That that's fine. Okay, uh, Luke on Instagram asks: Are there any players that inspired you when you were growing up? Are there any uh, any any players that were your role models, or maybe maybe a player in Russia that you saw play, or, or Belarus, or anything like this? Yeah, as I said, I started it in in Belarus, you know, and uh, at that time, uh, it's not not very popular popular sports there. So, in that time, inter- internet and YouTube was not so you know so big, uh, and was difficult, you know, probably not possible for us, uh, you know, to watch some videos, uh, some legend, let's say, some 
goals or you know but uh, uh, when everything you know started to, to to be let's say developing you know there was a lot of started to be much more information and videos and you know you remember this uh, um, water polo always posting some goals compilations you know from tournaments I was watching when I when I was younger I was watching Andrea Perlainovic of course uh, and uh, Tamas Kasash but uh, now I think it's much much easier you know to to uh, to follow uh, to follow the game uh, than was the when I was uh, was was younger so mm-hmm. fine maybe maybe you're now the player that a lot of people from that part of the world are now looking up to so maybe that's a nice thought okay um steve on instagram uh asks do you have a favorite teammate uh i have a favorite teammate uh good question uh oh almost all of my teammates are are good ones you know uh, but uh, uh i would say that um uh, my favorite one is uh roman shepelev uh, because you know we know each other for for years we played together for I don't know. We know each other more than ten years, so. and uh, you know, even he is an art, one artist in 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 sport, and uh, sometimes it's difficult to predict what uh, what he is going to do. But uh, still, you know, we know each other very good, and uh, I would I would pick him. Nice, the Russian the Russian connection. It's yes. uh, it's good. Well, talking of. Uh, teammates from one teammate to another uh, Bilal has sent in a, a question when will you come and eat some fufu with me what's uh, what fufu I don't know what that is fufu, <laughs> fufu is uh, uh, one African African food uh, his his father is from Togo so uh, he's inviting me for a long time but uh, you know uh, with the family I have some other obligations you know and uh my family is leaving to uh, for holidays to Russia, so it's coming very soon, end of this month. Okay, okay, all right. Well, hopefully that that clears that one up. And uh, Dirk on Instagram asks, "Hi, Dimitri, how many goals are you going to score for Salima this summer?" So I know you've got a bit of a history of going and playing in Malta. Is that something you really enjoy? Yes, uh, this you know, very good opportunity for, for me and for my family, you know, uh, especially when uh, this uh, summer summer is free, it was free, you know, these two times, uh, one time we didn't qualify to Olympic Games, uh, it was summer 2016, and second second time we went there 2019, when we didn't qualify for World Championship. And this is a good opportunity uh, for 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 me, you know, to to stay in shape during the summer, not to be, you know, in trainings alone somewhere. Uh, and how many goals I will score? <laughs> this is a difficult question, you know. Not only depends on me, but uh, this year is, uh, you know, this uh, championship is going to be very very interesting because a lot of uh, great players are coming, like. Uh, Filip Filipovic, uh, Alexander Ivovic, Aaron Younger, Mario Jokovic, uh, Perlainovic, uh, you know, Petro Figlioli. A lot of great players are coming and the uh, league will be very, very competitive. Uh, 
but I hope we will get the result that that uh, the club deserves, and we'll we'll see what summer brings us. Yeah, it's awesome, honestly. All those players all, all in one place. I know we get that with the Champions League, but on such a small island, yes, uh, yes. in the Mediterranean, it's. Uh, I definitely think there's a there's an opportunity there to really make that grow. But just before we we leave you, uh, Dimitri, um, we ask all of our guests to kind of talk about maybe something in their lives uh, aside from water polo. I know everyone dedicates so much time to it. Uh, I know you spoke about your family and your kids, uh, and you, you like to spend time with them. But do you have any other hobbies or or anything else that you do when you're when you're not playing uh, playing water polo, oh, we uh, tell you the truth, uh, we we train a lot. Uh, not like some other other sports, you know, they have one practice a day, and then you have half day uh, for yourself or for some hobbies, family, families, uh, something. But uh, we train almost every day. Let's say twice, and uh, we need some time. So you know to recover between trainings, not a lot of energy to do some, some, some you know some activities or some extra stuff. But now from from last year, my, my son started to go to school. Uh, daughter is in kindergarten, so between between the trainings, I'm home with my wife, just relaxing, watching watching you know Netflix or reading books. So, so I'm. No, not normal, normal guy. I don't have some, you know, special ho- hobbies or something, you know, which would be interesting. Uh, some <laughs> normal stuff. Okay, all right. Well, we'll take your word for it, Dimitri. Thank you very much for joining us. And take care. Thank you. Well, my well, my pleasure. So that's this week's episode with Dimitri done. We thank him very much for joining us. Um, I really like this chat. He's really honest about what he wants and that's simply to keep getting better and keep developing to be the best version of himself. And we hope he carries his rich vein of form into the rest of the season. But thank you very much to you guys, the listeners, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe and follow all of our social media channels to stay up to date with everything going on in the water polo world. And we look forward to the next episode and we hope that you'll join us for that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.